It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you G-Heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, and we are back. Yes, after a two-and-a-half-month summer hiatus where we spent time with our friends, our families, and everyone else, we let the D-Team release their reins, go camping, go to Disney World, have some fun at the parks. We are back in action for show number 114 for the week of August 27th, 2015, and we have all kinds of fun as it's beaches, bonfires, and the best summer ever. As we have all the D-Team stopping in here this week for a roundtable discussion. Yes, we have Caitlin, Nathan, Aaron, and Paige all stopping in here this week to have a roundtable to talk about summer, Disney, and all kinds of fun. And it even gets better because you may think the Enchanted Tiki Room you can think about the Tiki Gods, and hopefully they won't be angered all show long because we have somebody that has had a cursed Tiki Idol in his hand as we have the one and only Brady Bunch alum, yes, Christopher Knight, stopping in here at the show. Christopher is going to stop in and talk about the Brady Bunch, cursed Tiki Idols, what he's doing now, and so much more as Christopher Knight is going to be stopping in here at the show as well as we are back in action from our summer hiatus. So all of you D-Heads, lots of fun on the horizon. I'm going to keep the intro short here this week because we are back and we're doing a roundtable, beaches, bonfires, and all kinds of fun for the best summer ever. It's something that we don't normally do. We're not a roundtable kind of show, but we're going to do it to kick off and reminisce about how our summers were and share that with all of you D-Heads out there. So before we kick it off and get back into action here at the show, before I light the flames on this bonfire, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC. Rental.com. At dvc-rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members and spend it on what else? Souvenirs. So definitely book those trips at the best Walt Disney World resorts like the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, and many others from dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all beauty heads, we are back. I'm about to light the flames on this bonfire. I have a peach margarita in hand. So let's kick back with Beaches, Bonfires, It Was the Best Summer Ever, as we're kicking off show number 114 for the week of August 27th, 2015, as we have Cursed Tiki Idols, Christopher Knight, and many other things in the horizon. It's good to be back, D-Heads. Sad to say our times come to an end, times come to an end. but it's just goodbye until we do it This chemistry Crashing like a wave of energy
Envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. Live from Walt Disney World, it's America's birthday celebration, and nobody lights up the fourth like Disney with special guests, the Beach Boys. Disney magic is everywhere. Fireworks and lasers over Epcot Center. The television premiere of the Main Street Electrical Parade. Dazzling illuminations from the World Showcase. Only Disney could throw a party like this. Live from Florida, Walt Disney World's 4th of July Spectacular. Monday at 8 on Channel 2.
Hi, this is Christopher Knight from The Brady Bunch and ChristopherKnightHome.com, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you Disney fans, we're back once again. Great kickoff to the show. We're back from summer vacation. Our summer hiatus, the first one in five years. And, you know, we're back in action. It was the best summer ever, as the song simply put it. And with that... We're going to have beaches, bonfires, take that look back at summer as we're going to bring the D-team back here with you as we have Caitlin, Aaron, Nathan, and Paige all here once again to come back, do a roundtable, sit down by the, you know, the bonfire here on the beach. Waves are crashing, and trust me, we heard some earlier while we were getting ready here. And, uh, you know, just really come back after summer. So what's it like to be back, guys? It's Glad to great be back. to be back. It's great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, you know, our first hiatus in five years, you know, that's that's a feat right there because I don't like to take time off from the show, but this time we all took a step back, just enjoyed summer vacation, and just really sat back, relaxed, enjoyed it, and now we're back. So I think what I'll do is kind of go down the line here and just, uh, I guess, quickly, before we get into all the Disney talk... Um, you know, what was your summer like and what was like one key highlight from your summer? So I guess let's just start right away with Paige. Well, I got to go home this summer, which was nice. I got a nice break away from school and I got some uh, first time experience actually working in a hotel because my chosen career path is to work in hospitality in particular with hotels. So I was a lot of fun and probably the highlight of my summer would be getting that experience. And then I got to work with my high school's band camp again. For my sister's senior year. Well, you know, and with that going into hospitality, you know, all I gotta say, you know, and I'm trying not to sound too interviewee here, but you know, come on, you're 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 really gearing to try to work at Disney, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's it's clearly a given. So I guess moving right along here, Nathan, I guess what was uh, summer like for you? What culminated? You know, what was your highlight? Uh, I mean, it was. Uh... It was very busy up until summer started, and then finally it hit, so we took a few weekend trips here and there just to random places, mainly uh, since we live in St. Louis, we spent a lot of our time at uh, Traitorous Talk here, uh, Six Flags, because we have season passes there, but we really like to just go hang out by the water and just relax and chill and forget life for an afternoon, but uh Two weeks ago, we went down to Daytona Beach in Florida, and we definitely tried to make some Disney time, but the beach got the best of us, So, <laughs> which is ironically the theme of this segment. So, <laughs> But yeah, we, we ended up making it to Disney Quest. We got to spend a day there, uh, probably for the first and last time, unfortunately. Um, and it was a really good time. I'm kind of sad that we never went there and experienced it over the years, and uh we also got to swing by a theme park connection in Orlando, which is just, oh, it's a Disney lover's dream. I could have spent an entire week there and probably not even touched everything they had. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was it was really good, and it's good to be back, because believe it or not, I did miss the show and getting to vent out some Disney. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, like you said, with theme park connection, too, I think uh, looking at some of your pictures, I would have, uh, I probably would have died and gone into Hawk. You know, just trying to get some of those collectibles. Right. They had a, uh, 
it, it kind of escapes my mind where it was used. I don't know if it was a TV show or the parks, but you may have seen the one picture. It was a huge, huge, huge TV that said The uh, Wonderful World of Disney, and it had Tinkerbell on it, and it was all animated with the LED lights on it. They had that. It was very tempting, but it was it was far outside my price range. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll just keep up with the show here, and someday we'll all be rich. Right. Exactly. <laughs> We'll buy Disney Quest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess moving along then, Aaron, you know, it's uh, same thing. You know, I guess summertime culminating. I saw a lot of great things going on, you know, with your family, yourself. I guess, uh, what were your key highlights? Well, let's see. started out the summer. My son finished up his uh, baseball season and won his baseball tournament. He uh, spent a couple weeks uh, away at camp and then uh, a lot of time just, just grilling and Doing a little swimming, doing a little camping, just kick, kicking back and enjoying the, enjoying the summertime. Yeah, well, you can't go wrong with camping. I myself, come on, guys, you, you guys know I go camping every other weekend all summer long. So you know, to me, that's, you know, I love doing that in summer, just sitting there, relaxing, camping, and disappearing from electronics. I was gonna say the few times we saw you on social media during the summer it was mainly just to upload camping pictures, and then you uh, went right back to it again. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, Caitlin, all right, after taking us down and actually hearing the waves crashing as part of our bonfires here tonight, <laughs> I, I, what was your summer like? My summer was absolutely crazy. Uh, Caleb and I kicked it off with a vacation to New York City in June, and one of the highlights of that trip was seeing Aladdin on Broadway, which I absolutely loved. And it was just the most magical show ever. It was my first time on Broadway, too, so I was just geeking out the whole time. But uh, then the rest of our summer was spent moving into our very first house. So that was just uh, so many emotions, you know. We were, we were sad about leaving our first home in our little tiny 650 square foot apartment that we loved, but we'd clearly outgrown. And, uh, you know, so we were just packing and moving and cleaning and painting all summer long, it felt like. But now we're in our house and we're loving it and just uh, getting it all decorated and put together and making it our new home. Well, you know, it, it sounds like the team, you know, you guys, everyone took this time, our time, you know, away from the show, just kind of relaxed, had the summer, just really had fun with that. So I guess it, pushing along here as, uh, you know, I guess I got to maintain that focus and keep everybody on track here. Um, I guess with that, you know, summertime and Disney. To me, nothing says summertime like, you know, Walt Disney World. And of course, uh, those old TV specials where they had like the grand opening of Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach and Items like that, I guess I guess we'll start with the parks before we get into the movies and things like that. I guess what's everyone's favorite things about the parks and summertime at the parks other than, you know, the things you don't like, like 99-degree weather? Uh, we definitely I... got to love the water parks this time of year. They're a welcome relief to the temperatures down there. Right. And, of course, I miss the old school uh, river country. That was my. I remember that from a kid. That was my favorite park. River Country was always the best. I loved River Country, and to this day, I miss it. I was there that final season that they had. So to me, River Country was, I, I think it's just more I had fond memories of going there because it was the only water park 
you know, for myself for so many years before they even opened Typhoon Lagoon. Technically, we still yeah, had River Country them. was the only water park I ever knew as a kid. They just didn't have stuff like that. Right. You know, I guess, and with that too, with summertime then, for me, summertime at Disney is clearly the Magic Kingdom. I don't know why, but there's something about, even when it's hot and messy, it doesn't make a difference. For some reason, sitting on the curb and waiting for the electric parade to go on is, to me, ultimately summertime. I don't know why. It just, you know, it has that feel, especially back in the Spectral Magic days. It just had that... That, that it had that special feeling for something to culminate, you know, June or July. Magic. I miss Spectro Magic so much. I'm with you there. I listen to the CD all the time. Yes, that was the nighttime parade when I was in the Disney College program. And you guys know I worked on Main Street in the Emporium. So, Perfect. you know, my my program ended right at the beginning of summer. But I, every night, would be door greeting at, you know, one of the rooms of the Emporium and be watching Spectro Magic and just watching the lights light up little kids' faces and just soaking that in every night. It was so perfect. Yeah, that was one of those things. It was kind of like a few times that I've actually been to Disney World to the parks. Um, it didn't matter what was going on or what you were doing or where you were heading. If you ran across... Spectro Magic, <laughs> you stopped. <laughs> or like the Main Street Electrical Parade. Like, it's just, well, mainly you stopped because there was no way to get past it. But <laughs> I actually have uh, three three of the uh, bulbs from one of the floats. I can't remember which float it was, but I have those on the shelf here. Oh, you do? That's Ooh. so Yeah, cool. I love them. They're awesome. Well, you know, and I guess, and with that too, so, uh, you know, with keeping with the parks, and I guess let's just keep with the Magic Kingdom. What is the most summery ride at the Magic Kingdom? For me, it's one that's not there anymore, but it's the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown. To me, that was, uh, yeah, to me, that's still summertime, and I still listen to that complete show to this day every summer, and I wear my Camp Grizzly shirt with, with, with pride. <laughs> I love the Country Bears. I've heard the recording of that version, but I don't think I ever saw it. <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I, I don't I don't care what anyone says. Back when they used to change the shows for Country Bears, I will stand by the Country Bears any day, you know? Like I said, my Camp Grizzly shirt, I, I wore it proudly to Boy Scout camp this year. So, you know, I'm all for it. <laughs> That's great. When I was three years old, that was my first trip to Disney, and uh, I would cry at everything except for the Country Bear Jamboree. So my parents sat through that show over and over and over and over, like all day long, because I just loved it. (laughs) Well, and it's just not the same anymore. They shortened it. So memories of going when we were younger, it's definitely better because it was a more full show. Right. I still love it, but it's not the same. (laughs) Right. Well, and the animatronics, let's face it, they do need a little more oil. Um, You know, you can hear them clanking around a little bit, but it's all good. Old school charm. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for us old folks, you know, Aaron and myself, we can go all the way back to our showbiz pizza days. That's what it reminds me of. Oh, wow, yeah. So for everybody else, what's the most summery attraction at the Magic Kingdom? I think one of them to me, well, two of them if we want to pair them together because they're, they're in the same vicinity. But uh, 
I think if you're gonna go for a summer ride, go for Jungle Cruise or go home. Because, I mean, you need the 200 degrees of Florida humidity to really feel like you're in South America. <laughs> and then right afterwards, you're gonna take a trip to the Caribbean next door on the Pirates attraction to cool down in some AC and enjoy a good ride. <laughs> I always go for the mountains for a splash and space and big thunder. Truly one of the best summer memories I have. My dad and my sister and I, we managed to get on all three in 45 minutes. Hoofing it around the park as fast as you can, right? (laughs) It was one of those extra magic hours where they were open till three and I'm a night owl and my dad is and Corinne can be. And when we're motivated and the park is empty, I mean, you can, you can get anywhere pretty quickly. That's for sure. You know, I like, think if I was there right now, I would be cooling off watching Mickey's Philharmagic. Oh, yes. yes. That's what I'd be doing. I love that show. You know, if if anybody would understand this, it would be you guys. But I grew up burning through a VHS copy of Disneyland Fun, the sing-along tape. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why, but just every time I watch that, I mean, that really kind of just wraps up summer to me. It's like Jonathan, Jonathan said earlier. um, I mean, summer is the magic kingdom. It's really not just one attraction to me. Like, for some reason, like, I think back to childhood to that video and just didn't matter what time of the year it was. It was sunny in that video in California. And, you know, it was it was Disney time. And that just shouts summer. It's family and going to the parks and just having a good time. Definitely. You know, and well, and I have the DVDs of that and then the camp out at Walt Disney World. And I, I didn't grow up with those, but I showed them to my children and, uh, they still watch it and still love it. So those are those are great videos that they they need to bring back the sing along songs. Yes, right. My yes. favorite is the beach party one. I watched that <laughs> one over and over and over when I was a little kid. And there was a little girl in it, and she had blonde hair, and she wore this big bucket hat, and her name was Caitlin too. And so <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, her name's Caitlin, and my name's Caitlin. <laughs> and I remember, like, there was uh, there was a little mermaid scene with Ariel on the rock outside yes. of the Grand Floridian singing Part of Your World, and all the little kids were, like, around her. And, oh, my gosh, that one's the best. It's, it's so funny that you bring up that scene because I experienced this as an adult. And I showed my kids these videos to get them used to seeing the characters. So when they went down there, they wouldn't be afraid of them. And uh, that scene, all I keep thinking of is production. Because they show Little Mermaid (laughs) singing with this girl. And then they cut to the scene. And the Little Mermaid's still singing, but the girl is, like, re-talking what she just said. Because the production was, like, cut kind of short. So all I keep thinking is, this is really bad editing. (laughs) (laughs) thanks to thanks to that campfire one uh natalie has a obsession with uh john denver and country roads now (laughs) oh you know and since i talk about editing and that is a great one too especially with john denver and country roads but watch that next time and watch the uh i don't want to sound bad but the the asian kid i forgot his name but (laughs) watch him because he's singing during that camp out that fire and then he's gone for a scene, and then he's back again without his stick and marshmallow, but he's still moving his hands doing the motion like he got in trouble and got taken off set and put back on. <laughs> oh we always watched There Was a Flick Musical Adventure in the Animal Kingdom. We watched that endlessly and just loved seeing 
all of the different shots of the animal kingdom and all of the songs and some of them being like being the way straight out of the movie but then some of them in different arrangements with different shots and everything we thought that was great definitely well you know all right well we we kicked things off here we're you know talking about the magic kingdom and rides and there's so many other things going on. We also have Christopher Knight, you know, Brady Bunch, you know, I'll try my best, pork chops and applesauce, right? And I, I'm sure, come on, you guys know it, right? It probably wasn't that good, but, you know, I, I tried. But anyways, let's take a little break, and when I come back, you know, we'll have all of us here, Caitlin, Aaron, Nathan, and Paige of the D-Team, and we're all going to keep going on as uh, the best summer ever as we are back in action here at Diz Radio. Show 114, Christopher Knight here this week, and so many other things. We'll be right back. summer what i'm with you though i don't go very i very rarely go in the summer down to florida because it's hot it's already i don't listen to other shows i only listen to you (laughs) (laughs) suck up teacher's bed teacher's bed all right one two three if you've just been wishing i'd go in fishing if you're still on the shore Grab your hand for year and meet us right here. Now I'll have the fun in store. It's time for a vacation for some rest and relaxation. Get your cares and join our fairs and great outdoors. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors. Ease your soul. Ain't nothing like the great outdoors. Keep you from growing old. If your mind's been hazy and you're feeling lazy and down on all fours, then join us bears and suck up some air in the great outdoors. Welcome to the Country Bear Vacation Holdown. Got out my old camp t-shirt. Still fits, kinda, and I'm raring to go. How about you, boys? Just lead the way, Henry. All right. Melvin. Wake up! Huh? <laughs> the way you're always hibernating, you must be part bear. Oh, heck, I'm only part moose as it is. Here we go! Us bears, we do love nature and tramping through the woods. Us bears, we do love fishing every hour if we could. Us bears, we do love singing in country harmony. And if y'all won't join us, we'll chase you up a tree. Now that's real country. Hello, this is Haley Mills, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. 
All right, all of you D-heads, so we're back and had a little bit of a break here. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm drinking a peach margarita, believe it or not. I don't even think I shared that with the crew yet. Uh, but I'm drinking a peach margarita, having some fun here, listening to a cat meow here in the studio, and maybe some children running around as well. But uh, the rest of the team, we're all sitting here having fun. Summer, we're back, show number 114. And I guess let's move into, uh, we were talking about, you know, summertime, the Magic Kingdom, Disney Parks. How about something that we're known for here at the show and reliving those memories from television, movies, the small screen, and how about those summertime things? For me, I just got to say, summertime is like watching Pollyanna, so dear to my heart. Um, There's just something about those films that really call out summertime to me. I don't know why. I won't break them out any other time of the year, but it hits June and I'm watching like Pollyanna, Song of the South, so dear to my heart. What about you guys? Parent trap. I always love the parent trap because they're off at summer camp. So, which version? <laughs> but I, I like I like both of them. But you know, I, the original is still my favorite. Hmm. I'd have to go with the remake. I just had a Oreos with peanut butter the other night because I was thinking <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you guys will probably laugh at this, but. Uh... I think it was maybe two months ago. I actually saw Summer Magic for the very first time and loved it. I still haven't seen it. That is a fantastic movie. I love that movie. I don't care. That movie's great. <laughs> Good one. It's actually funny because I've heard Ugly Bug Ball, and it's kind of an inside joke with our family, like a million times. But I've never seen the movie, and I I always get grief for it. <laughs> like, you don't even know if you like the movie or not, but you're always laughing and and singing that Ugly Bug Ball song. <laughs> I listen to that and on the front porch all the time, but yeah, I've still never seen Summer Magic. <laughs> yeah, neither have yeah. I. Well, you know how many songs they play on Main Street USA from that film? I mean, pretty much like the whole soundtrack is on there. And Nathan, Aaron, if you guys have seen that movie, you know, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where being a dad, you'll, you'll catch me dancing around with my daughter singing Femininity. Paige, Caitlin, if you watch the movie... Trust me, it's not a scene that a grown man should be dancing around singing. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know why either. It's, it's not, it's not a summer movie. I would, I would assume, and I actually haven't seen this one either. But just from listening to Disney music over the years, I know the song. But <laughs> whenever we're like, like when we were on the beach, for example, doing summer things, I don't know why. But every once in a while, I think of Fortuosity from The Happiest Millionaire. I have no idea. <laughs> That's a really good just, song. I don't know, it's such a peppy, happy song. I'm just all like, eh, I don't know, it fits. You're kind of quiet, Aaron. What about for you? Other than Parent Trap. Oh, let's see. As far as summer movies, man, I don't know. I I like. I always like to bust out a lot of them in, in the summer because I have more time to watch them, you know, Bambi and and all those good ones like that. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I love the old ones like uh, Horse in a Gray Flannel Suit and Gus. But also, you know, we kicked off the show, I gotta say, even, you know, being a grown man, the Teen Beach movies are awesome, too. Yes, they are. They are good. I enjoy them, too. I'm glad somebody else said it before me. (laughs) Since I haven't had TV all summer, it feels like I haven't seen the second one yet, but I really want to. I watched it on demand on my computer because I missed the premiere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice you know it's not a it's not a specific movie but whenever I was a kid and even well now I, I used to just love watching all the uh, 
Disney Channel original movies. I mean, since we're mentioning Teen Beach and everything like that, just as they would come on, like, one that always jumped out at me during childhood was Phantom of the Megaplex. I remember seeing oh, it for the first yes. time during the summer. And I was in a big movie fix at the time, and I loved that movie. That one's so good. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I love all the Disney Channel original movies, and, well, and also the Sunday night movies, you know? Like, for me, you know, you know, Aaron brought up The Parent Trap, and everyone talked about the remake. You know, I also like all the part two, part three, and even part four of The Hawaiian Honeymoon with uh, Leanna Creel, who we had on our show on there. So, you know, and her... Uh, twin sisters, you know, because they're they're triplets or whatever. So to me, those are even summertime movies. Anything that was the ABC Sunday Night Wonderful World of Disney movie. So you know, I guess. Uh, well, right, you know, and also the the I guess the TV shows too. For me, the all new Mickey Mouse Club. For me, the '89 series, of course, was you know before Christina and all them. And then even now, I'm a big kid, and I consider Gravity Falls a, a summertime show for me. I don't even need yeah. to speak when it comes to that show. You know I love that show. <laughs> you got to love Gravity Falls, you know? I mean, you know, my son and I, we both wear our matching Gravity Falls uh, baseball hats with the tree on it when we go camping. So, you know, it, it's good stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess aside from the movies and that kind of stuff, I guess Disney music. What kind of music, since Nathan already kind of started that with Fortuosity, what kind of music really rings out as summertime to you guys? I mean... Uh, you know, what do you really consider that summer summertime Disney song? I mean, there's so many of them that I could name. But, I mean, what are you guys thinking? What time is it for the High School Musical <laughs> Summertime. Two? Thank All you. Oh, my gosh. That was running through my mind. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> First day of summer, I always play that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you try to do the dance, too, right? I definitely try. I have tried. I have stopped trying. <laughs> I can honestly say I have not tried. <laughs> I haven't tried either. I'm with you, Jonathan. <laughs> I that honestly, that's one of my Disney movie summer memories is High School Musical too, because I, I can know. still remember the day that it was premiering. I had Absolutely. I was in middle school. We had band camp that day, and. All anybody could talk about was how we were ready for band camp to be over that day so we can all go home. And everybody <laughs> went home and they all turned on their TVs and we all watched it and we came back the next day and we we're just like, oh my god, did you watch it? Did you like it? What do you think? Do you have the music yet? <laughs> I will never forget watching Zac Efron do bet on it for the first time. <laughs> that is such a classic Disney Channel original movie scene. Oh, like, there is nothing better than Zac Efron in all black, just so dramatically dancing around the desert. <laughs> it's just you know, classic. Great reflection there on the water, that yes. great computer projection on the Yeah, that is a really dramatic scene. Water. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's so dramatic. I get cold sweat. I can't watch Neighbors and and not think of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> as far as music, oh goes, man, anything park related always always comes to mind at summertime. And then yeah, now the Teen Beach movie songs have uh, started playing into that. But mostly, yeah, I I love my music from the Magic Kingdom. And I love 
the very select number of music I've got from Animal Kingdom. Um, I love the Tree of Life theme. Yeah, the the uh, underrated Animal Kingdom soundtrack was always one of my favorites. That's really hard to find now. I mean, it's a really hard soundtrack to find. But uh, I don't know how many of you have actually listened to that, but all the tracks on there are so relaxing and so, I guess, summertime and feel. Yeah, I bet that's good. I think one that really jumps to mind for me is Illuminations, the soundtrack. Oh, yes. So <laughs> good. That and the uh, the nighttime music from the fireworks show for the uh, in Magic Kingdom. Wishes? Wishes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Wishes is an all-the-time soundtrack. Yeah, it's an all-the-time soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing... I always, lo- I always love the music from uh, the uh, uh, electrical uh, lights parade there. Because when I used to go to Disneyland as a kid, that that was the, the parade then. And, you know, we'd see it, you know, every time we went, we'd stop and watch it. So yeah. I always liked that music. Please tell me I'm not the only one that after the parade finished, we would go darting across the park to try and catch it in another spot. Oh, you're not the only person. I love the music in the animation courtyard area of Hollywood Studios. They do a lot of the scores from different movies like uh, A Bug's Life and Beauty and the Beast and things, but a Bug's Life, definitely. That score always sort of feels like summer to me. Maybe like the Indian summer, you know, just starting yeah. to get into fall. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Animation Courtyard is, like you said, it has a lot of the musical scores and things like that. You know, for me, I really like listening to a lot of the old Disney tracks, like from uh, the earlier Legacy 3-disc collection they had, where it's the old Haley Mills and Rex Harrison and Fess Parker songs. I don't know. To me, there's something about Davy Crockett that just rings in summer to me, and I don't know why. Or, uh, you know, or the or the theme from Scarecrow of Romy Marsh. You know, those thing, kind of things just, they really ring out to me in summer, you know. But then again, I, I you know, I do get those cold sweats from Zac Efron. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> he couldn't remember the name of Breaking Free in an interview recently. Well, I mean, aside from aside from the music, though, you know, summertime, though, you know, like I said, it's it's been fun. We've had time off, everything else, uh, you know, thinking of the parks and the movies and so many great summertime memories. I guess for all of you, do you have any one Disney memory, whether it's from the parks or anything else that's Something that really rings out to you from summertime. You know, for me, um, it's clearly the time I went and auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club. I was gearing up for it nonstop all summer. I mean, practicing my dance moves, my singing, you name it. And I think I auditioned probably about four times and got turned down every single time. But to me, you know, that summer of 88 was like hardcore for me. It was... I made sure I had, you know, I had my hair shaved around, long on top. I kind of had the, uh, it was it was sad to say, very sign of the times. But for me, that was uh, huge because I begged my parents that we had to go to Disney. We had to go to Hollywood Studios, you know, MGM at the time, because I had to audition. I had to be there. I had to do this. And they worked it around to hoof me and my brothers and sisters down there just so I could audition, get turned down, and then go back again a week later and get turned down. And, you know, but to this day, it's still 
uh, you know, it still is a very fond memory in my mind about how bad I wanted to be part of the Mickey Mouse Club. Well, for me, on my very first trip to Disney World, I was three years old, and my first words were Donald Duck. My parents will swear it to you that that was my first word. So he was my absolute favorite, obviously. And I hadn't met him on the trip yet. And uh, I had really, really long, long brown hair that I always wore in two braids, uh, like, you know, Pollyanna. And so we're walking down Main Street or somewhere in the Magic Kingdom, and I feel my braids pulling from the side of my head. And I look up, and behind me is Donald Duck. And he had grabbed my braids and pulled them. And there's this little picture. It was, you know, old, old cameras. So it got, it got double exposed, but you can still see it. You can still see me smiling with Donald Duck pulling my braids. And it's just, it's such a, such a perfect memory. You know, the characters were out just walking the streets and doing things like that. Like they, you know, don't get to do as often now. Definitely. You know, I guess, uh, you know, moving along here then, too, like, what about you guys, Aaron, Nathan, Paige? What, what do you have uh, pulled back? I grew up out in California, so we used to go to Disneyland a lot of times in the summer. And, you know, I, I remember I, I went there so early that, you know, we're, we're California Adventures now. That was a parking lot. So we, you know, would spend, you know, a lot of time at, uh, and we go like maybe once a month to Disneyland and whatnot. But one of my favorite memories is the first time I ever took my son to the park um, at Disney World and the first time he got to see Mickey Mouse and to see the smile on his face and just the joy and just almost bring a tear to your eye. So, so cool to live that through his eyes. Aww. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Definitely. You know, yeah. I mean, as a dad, I got to agree with you. That's, there's There's nothing like it. I mean... Nothing, nothing like it. You know, too many times you hear people that say, oh, I don't want to take my kid when they're that young. And it's like, just look at their faces, though. They they love it, and they're in that moment. So I agree with you, Aaron, completely, that those are special moments. Unfortunately, I've never really been to... Uh, I've never really had a chance to go to Disney during the summer, uh, other than, you know, when we were there a few weeks ago. So, I, you know, I have Disney Quest and everything like that, but that's not, you know, actually going to the park parks. Um I did go right out of high school. I went to Disney twice. Once was for a full-blown trip in Florida for about a week, and the other was just for a weekend. But both times it was based around Star Wars weekends. So (laughs) that was kind of my first real exposure actually getting to have in park time. Um, Really, though, if I had to pick like a Disney summer memory that really stood out, it was two years ago. Um... It wasn't at the parks, but we took a trip to Chicago for a few days. And I think I mentioned this once to you guys before, actually, but I got to check out the really cool Disney shop on uh, Michigan Avenue, which we spent a good amount of time in. And uh, also one of the reasons that we went up there is because we we took our daughter to, it was an R5 and Bridget Mendler concert. So, you know, it's still Disney focused, but it wasn't the parks. But I mean, that was that was really fun. It it definitely made me feel like I was in the Disney magic, so to say. Oh, definitely. Mm. Well, we know you were up there waving your hands, screaming, "Austin, Austin!" <laughs> hey, I. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure I'm on his Facebook page somewhere. <laughs> if you go back two years. <laughs> Awkwardly tall 6'4 guy there. <laughs> pushing his kid aside. <laughs> You're probably screaming to Bridget, Where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I mean, yeah, I mean, great memories. I guess Paige move, moving along here, too, is... Uh, and so I'm not poking fun anymore. So I'll put myself in a corner while you tell us your story. Oh, I mean, there are so many to choose from. I've been I've been going since I was two years old. And granted, I can't re- actually remember it at all. But I've watched the videotape of that trip so many times. <laughs> um, but honestly, I think the best trip I've taken there over the summer happened right after I graduated from high school. And it was just the four of us, mom, dad, and my sister. And uh, we stayed for nine days. And we stayed at Bay Lake Tower for most of it. And then we also got a uh, room at the Contemporary for the tail end of it. And Corinne and I just chose to do one day. We just spent a day going between Epcot and the Magic Kingdom meeting characters that we'd never met before. We're still both working on filling up our autograph books. I forgot mine at home, and Aladdin called Corinne's vintage. So I wanted to know (laughs) if that made mine antique (laughs) or what. But honestly, that was one of the best days because it was just the two of us going around. Uh, When we went to Epcot, we were able to snag Mom. She came around with her two crazy teenagers to go and meet Mulan and Aladdin and Jasmine. But it was just a fun day in the parks and the atmosphere that surrounds all of the parks over the summer, but especially in the Magic Kingdom. It's just so happy and so full of love and just watching the little kids' faces when they're going up and meeting their favorite character or they're in line for for something like Peter Pan or something like that. It's contagious. Definitely, you know, and it's one of those things, like you said, it, it's contagious and, you know, it's spreading the memories and all of us have those kinds of memories and, you know, uh, like I said, I've been going to Disney World for ages back when it was just the Magic Kingdom there and no Epcot. So, you know, for it's there's so many memories that I have with that, too. And, you know, I also think of the small screen and all the television shows that used to go there during the summertime. And, um, you know, I was sitting here listening to everybody and another I remember on Full House when the Beach Boys were at the Grand Floridian singing Kokomo for the first time and uh, I remember them filming that I was on the monorail looking down and they were filming that scene and um, it just it it makes me think of of that because I remember my dad going oh it's the Beach Boys down there I wonder what they're doing (laughs) you know and now to this day I I see that episode and I'm like that's what they were doing oh my gosh that's fantastic (laughs) that's cool you know but but we all have those memories of the magic kingdom and the parks and the movies and you know summertime i mean nothing says summer like disney it's true it's just the way it is uh, you know for all of us now with that said your favorite summertime treat now as cliche as this sounds and i'm sure many other podcasts have done it but if you're walking through the parks what is your ultimate summertime treat at Disney other than the, as much as I love them, overrated Dole Whips? Ah, uh, what? <sighs> you're taking Dole Whip off the table? Away the Dole Whip. Yeah, you're just breaking all of our hearts. <laughs> hey, I love Dole Whips too, but Dole Whips are kind of going in the trend, kind of like how I liked Maleficent since I was like 10. 
and now she's kind of trendy. So Dole Whips are kind of going that way. So I'm pulling Dole Whips out from this. So any other summertime treat, what's your favorites? The Mickey Mouse ice cream bar. Absolutely. That's a good choice. Yeah, you can't, you can't go without one. Now how fast do you have to eat that though? Pretty fast. <laughs> You you have to eat it. Have you guys ever? One bite, get your you guys ever went to and then finish it really quick. Mm-hmm. Yes, I didn't even know chewing was. An you guys ever went that. to Sleepy Hollow and got the cookies with the ice cream in the middle? That was going to be my choice. You stole my choice there, and that is the homemade cookies with the ice cream right there. Yes, <laughs> those are awesome. And and it's awesome just because it's at a place called Sleepy Hollow. So, and we know my love of Halloween, so. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you boycotted Dole Whips. I don't know what to go with now. There's so many great things there. You know, actually, actually, when, when we went a few years ago, uh, we had the, in our vacation package, we had the Disney dining plan. So towards the end of our trip, we were on like the second to last day of our trip and we were there for like 10 days. And we realized we never used any of our snack vouchers, so we had like 35 snack vouchers to use. <laughs> so I would say probably just the look on the lady's face when we were at our resort in the food court, and we walked up and literally had like 10 bags of Chippendale pretzels and <laughs> <laughs> cookies and all this stuff. It was the most ridiculous thing ever, and we ate it like the entire way home in the car. <laughs> I take one of and it was during please. the summer, so that was a fun memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for me there's something about just you know it's not even anything that's special at disney but there's something about the smell and the taste of eating popcorn on main street i don't know what it is there's just something where it just it tastes better than eating popcorn anywhere else definitely and the buckets are so cute <laughs> you know probably the most rewarding treat that i had there during a visit was uh my daughter Natalie, she, we were in Epcot, and we, it was during, it wasn't summer, but it was the Food and Wine Fest, and we were wandering the park, and she, she was harassing me for at least an hour, trying to find a snack, and it, she described it at being five years old as dried noodles with icing on them, and we had just walked past Japan, and I'm like, are you talking about ramen, or you know, like what, what are you talking about? So we're walking and walking and walking, and I'm seeing all these signs for the Eat to the Beat concert series, and 38 Special was there that night, so we got to see them. But we finally made our way over to the American Pavilion, and she was actually up on my shoulders. And much like Remy, (laughs) she grabbed my hair and jerked my head to the side and yelled, dried noodles with icing, and I walk over and see it's a stand with funnel cakes. (laughs) We'd been looking for an hour. It was... (laughs) hot as blazes out there. I'm like, this is the most rewarding snack I've ever found here. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. That's perfect. She still thinks it's hilarious to this day. (laughs) That's funny. So we sat there and watched 38 Special and ate dried noodles with icing. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say, I'm torn between either the Mickey Premium Ice Cream Bar or a churro. You can't go wrong with a fresh churro. I'm going to I'm going to say a sleepy hollow ice cream sandwich trumps everyone's stuff. I think so. <laughs> Just because I'm going to make that decision. 
You know, the whole time that we were thinking about this, I was just sitting here and I've just got Ursula running through my head and life's full of tough choices, isn't it? This yep. is perfect right here. <laughs> it really is. All right. Well, you know what? We're having fun here. We're back. It's beaches, bonfires. We have Christopher Knight. Yes, the Brady, the crazy Tiki curse. So much more stopping in here. We have a lot more coming from the D team. We have Kaylin, Aaron, Nathan, and Paige all hanging out here as we are back once again for show number 114. So let's uh, let's take a break here, and I'm going to continue with my peach margarita. I'll let you guys drool about your favorite, uh, you know, park treat. Minus Dole Whips, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Cooper and their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Something's fishy at the Cotton Hills Megaplex. We must find out who was causing this chaos and make it stop. Is it Pete? Is it Karen? Is it a living person? <laughs> at all. Phantom of the Megaplex strikes again. Tonight. You need me to help you solve this. Disney Channel asks. Who done it? Maybe you two guys have seen way too many movies. Phantom of the Megaplex, a Disney Channel original movie. I want him found. Phantom of the Megaplex, tonight at 8, 7 central on Disney Channel. Who's that girl? What's her name? Is she cool? Is she lame? Oh, you're talking about what's her name? Phantom Rand. Who's lame? Is she cool? Is she You know, I'm not. E- I'm not even going to pretend that if if you wouldn't have said no Dole Whips, that I wouldn't have said Dole Whip. <laughs> oh, I would have. I will point out, I am on still the heavily. only one who could not participate in the Dole Whip alcohol bit. <laughs> Around Paige's twenty-first birthday, are we all going to like Skype video like a drink with her? <laughs> I totally should. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, me amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready to put on the show, as is my good friend, Fritz. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait, we forgot to wake up the glee club. Keep your jobs, you gotta get hip. I know all about it, see? 
Cause I'm a very famous movie star And all of Hollywood drops my name Who cares about Aladdin or Jafar? I'm the one with old looks and fame I got a million crackers in the bank And I plan to get a zillion more And you guys will all have me to thank When they're lining up at the door You are boring tiki birds I'm a big celebrity That's why I'm gonna go and change your show Ain't it great to have a friend like me? Senor, we've done the same job Yeah, since 1963 My how time flies Get a life, you guys Your ancient history Can your tails do this? Can your wings do that? Can you bad birds Hip-hop or rap? Can you rock and roll? Well, listen here It's a whole new world So you better get hit Or your audience will disappear Little showbiz magic land Rub me right, I'll set you free You paid your dues, now you birds can't lose Ain't it great to have a friend, great to have a friend You can't great to have a friend, great to have a friend You ain't never had a friend like me Ain't never had a friend like me Hi, this is Mark Elliott, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, our feature presentation. All right, all of you D-heads, so we're back once again. We're having fun. Roundtable, beaches, bonfires, all kinds of fun here as we're back once again. Show number 114. We have Christopher Knight waiting in the wings. He's probably eating pork chops, having some applesauce, and probably just talking about all kinds of Brady memories that he probably has said a million times at conventions. But... He's sitting here hanging on, waiting for us as well, and we're back here with Caitlin, Aaron, Nathan, and Paige as we're having fun, getting ready, you know, parting up like it's Cinco de Mayo 2016. You never know. But with that, it's summertime. We have more things on the horizon. I guess with that, summertime was here, Disney, whatnot, but now that summer's over, we're sagging way back into school. Now, I'm well over school, as I'm sure some of you are too, and whatnot, but with that, I guess with school starting now, with summer over, what are some of those back-to-school Disney memories? I mean, you know, whether that's getting those backpacks or shoes or, you know, for me it was my Mickey Mouse binder I had to have and also watching Recess. I loved watching Recess even though I was an adult, but, you know, it was it was awesome. So what about you guys? Oh, yeah. Jonathan, did you not have the Trapper Keeper? Trapper Keeper and the Pencil Box, followed by the really badly designed, like, 80s Mickey, where he had like the sweatshirt on. I don't even know what why that was cool. Oh, okay, okay, just making sure. Yeah, I had Disney Trapper, trapper Keeper. See, all my stuff was like Disney afternoon era, like Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, DuckTales, oh, yeah. Troop, and like 90s park esque items. <laughs> I loved Pepper Ann too. I watched that in recess a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of good Disney ones, too. I mean, especially their after-school lineup. Like, for me, it was Kids Incorporated and Mickey Mouse Club were, like, the the key shows for me. You know, watching Fergie when she was still known as Stacy. You know, but, I mean, you know, for you guys, I'm sure it's a little bit different. But I'm sure Aaron remembers what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I remember exactly what you're talking about. I was right <laughs> there with you. You know, as much Pepper Ann as I watched, I never really could figure out if she was cool or lame. <laughs> she was totally cool. Come on. Totally cool. 
What is that? Oh my god. Did somebody put Paige in the dryer? (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan, please tell me this is making the bloopers. Uh, I might tell Jonathan to step away from the peach margarita. (laughs) I'm in tears right now. All right, LVD heads. So, as you can tell from the team, we're kind of laughing here as Paige decided to step out and dub smash a little bit. But continuing on with summer, we have Christopher Knight in the wings. So, as we do this, you know, it's getting that much closer. We've been having fun. We're back, and I'm sure Paige will be back after she, after she uh, shimmies a little bit, has a churro, and parties like it's Cinco de Mayo. But um, with that, with summertime, back to school, all that kind of fun stuff as we were talking about now, getting back on track here from random laughter that I hope our listeners find just as enjoyable. But um, getting back to school and all that back to school stuff and back to school shows and whatnot. Now, when it comes to the you know old school, not just animation, but live action, um, are there any of the live action shows that you guys really recall that were your absolute favorites? Like Aaron and I were talking about, uh, you know, Kids Incorporated, Mickey Mouse Club. Um, for Caitlin and Nathan, do either of you have any of those live action shows that were like staples that must watch? Oh, yeah. Lizzie McGuire and even Stevens. For me, those were it. I watched those yeah. every day when I got mm. home from school. I think everybody was on uh, Lizzie McGuire at one point and even Stevens. Exactly. E- even, though I, even though I was probably older than I should have. I loved Even Stevens. It was a great show. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it really was. I wanted to be Ren, for sure. <laughs> now, you know, with uh, with some of those back-to-school shows, you know, for me, you know, it was, you know, I don't know, I just would turn on the Disney Channel, and there was something about staying up late. Maybe I was in eighth grade, and it was staying up late and watching like Vault Disney. And that's where I was really introduced to all the classics, like the old school black and white classics. They'd come on at like nine o'clock and I'd be up doing homework. And, um, you know, looking back, I don't know why my parents let me stay up that late doing homework. But, you know, I got to watch like all the classic movies and those really opened up a lot to me. Yeah, that was always nice just seeing the variety that uh, that was available whenever they would, you know, put those on there. Definitely. You know, and I, I miss Vault Disney. I mean, I wish they'd bring that back. Yeah, see, I, I used to at least get to see, I didn't see many of them because we, we didn't have the Disney Channel at first, I guess, when it kind of first started rolling, well, my version of the Disney Channel. But I want to say I was around towards the end of all the Michael Eisner, like, Sunday movies, if I remember right. Oh, yeah. You know, well, and there was something about the, you know, people give Michael Eisner so much flack. And for me, it was, you know, he was just doing something that I think the company needed, that he put a face in front of it. And all the people that are always giving him flack, there was something about watching him do the intros and having kind of that Walt-esque stuff to it. And then at the same time, 
you know, he's also the reason why there is the Grand Floridian, the reason why there is Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom and all these restaurants and downtown Disney, and people tend to forget that, too. Right, people people forget all that right away. It's, oh, I hate Eisner. Really? Because you're the same guy telling me how much you love many of the parks he created. You know, <laughs> but... Well, I mean, like, he... I mean, obviously, we, I mean, we all as Disney fans... He he wasn't Walt. I mean, Walt is the only Walt there will ever be. But, I mean, me growing up, and especially with the availability of, like, social media and YouTube and all these, you know, different ways to get old film like that now, um, you know, being as an adult, too, to where I can kind of pick it apart and read between the lines, like, he really did have a big, I guess, modern Walt vibe, if that makes a sense. I mean, he was really trying his hardest to, to revitalize, you know, Disney and everything. Definitely, you know, I mean, well, and with that, I guess, uh, instead of just revitalizing, but you said a modern Walt, let's go into the old school Walt, since we do have Christopher Knight here from the Brady Bunch to help kick us back off from our summer party time. And I think we have our full team here. Is Paige back with us or is she still dub smashing? Can you hear me? (laughs) Yes. We can hear you. Yes, she's here. I have no (laughs) idea what happened. (laughs) Uh, we, We know what happened. You had a churro. It was Cinco de Mayo, and you were dub smashing. <laughs> you just couldn't help yourself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you hear what we heard is the real question? Oh, I could hear everything you guys were saying. But could you hear what we were hearing from your computer? No. Oh. <laughs> we're going to have a show dedicated just to that. <laughs> oh, my yeah. Well, well, with that, now that we have everybody back, you know, I guess looking back, you know, the Enchanted Tiki Room, a, you know, a staple, a Disney classic, one that I also consider very summertime um, as it's connected, you know, even with the Brady's and the, um, you know, the cursed Tiki Idol and all that kind of fun stuff. I guess as we gear up, I'm going to let us go to Christopher Knight here in a minute. But what's your favorite Tiki Room version under new management or the original? Oh, the original. Yeah, definitely the original. Though I do have a really funny memory of uh, Iago yelling my mom out of the theater because she was so slow. (laughs) (laughs) It was so, so funny. (laughs) You know, I don't think I actually ever experienced the under new management, so I've I've always witnessed the original and when it came back. You're lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny is... My wife only experienced the under new management until recently, and I kept telling her how great the original was, and she watched it, and she goes, this is really boring. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What is wrong with you? So now when we go, she's like, oh, do we got to go see that version? And I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Should we, Jonathan, should we, should we break out some Tiki Room impersonations to spruce this up some? What is with all this clocking? <laughs> well, in staying focused, maybe it's because we're cursed like the Tiki Gods and the Tiki Idols of the Brady Bunch. So with that team, you know, let's take a break. Let's get the systems going so we can have Caitlin, Aaron, Nathan, and Paige kind of 
get everything back on order, and uh, I'm going to welcome in Christopher Knight here very shortly. Yes, from the Brady Bunch, as we continue with Bonfires, Beaches, as we are back for show number 114. And I think Paige had a little too much fun coming back to the show. So when I be when I come back, all of you D-heads, I'll be back with Christopher Knight from the Brady Bunch as we're back with show number 114. And, you know, hopefully you're enjoying this roundtable. And as you can hear, I guess this is why we don't do it too often here at the show. Be right back, all of you D-heads. <laughs> Time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, as we continue to take you down all those magic and memories from television and sitcoms and life, as well as home furnishings, we have somebody that is no stranger to anybody out there. Whether you're sitting on the couch or watching reruns, we have none other than Christopher Knight. You know him as Peter Brady from the Brady Bunch. And of course, now a home furnishing specialist. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Well, thank you, Jonathan. You know, you know I mean, it's my, it's my pleasure me. being here and trying to explain my life. <laughs> well, you know, your life has been all over. I mean, seriously, you have so many different fans and so many different things. Of course, you know, everybody knows Peter Brady from the Brady Bunch as well as I pass it on to my kids. You know, when my nine-year-old daughter knows who the Brady Bunch is, it's, it's definitely become an American staple. So I guess starting there, what got you into acting? Um... You know, my father was an actor, and and um, I, and I probably would have never. I, I, I know I I would have never selected it for myself. I was a shy child, um, and um, was was more prone to wanting to figure out how things worked. Um, I always envisioned myself being a scientist or paleontologist digging in rocks. And even when I did, uh, when I had my my uh, my career, um, which I didn't complete. I was uh, studying geology, you know, so I was continuing on that path. 
um, I probably had a, just a, a natural inclination uh, for that. I, I'm, I, I discovered only as an adult I, that I have ADD and uh, sort of made sense to me because it seemed the classes that um, – and I was always a good student, but I was really able to fake it well in those classes that I had no interest in or, was, you know, just wasn't uh, – I guess it's just not not interested in because that's the issue of having somebody with ADHD is that you know the things that they have interest in they can focus on the things that they don't really you know the struggle to focus takes all of the the the, uh, the computational cycles that your brain has available <laughs> to it you just it's all about just focusing and reading um, was was one of those issues that uh, unless it was something I was really interested in I just couldn't get into it or couldn't remember it um, I, I remembered much better in and I couldn't read my own notes my because because my uh, my ability to take those was was uh, was somehow hampered. Anyway, so I, you know, I but in sciences I had no problem whatsoever. I could remember everything the teacher said and everything that was on the chalkboard and everything that was in the book. And it was like it's a totally different situation. So perhaps that's why I would have chosen to go into the sciences and did even when uh, when college presented itself. But prior to that, of course, I I got um, swept up into acting because my father was an actor from from New York and. Um, and as all stage actors can attest, um, it's a struggle to put food on the table as an actor. I like to say that it's the largest, most highly educated homeless person, uh, <laughs> you know, category because they really live very close to almost being homeless as as an actor. Trying to, my dad didn't really, you know, work. Well, he worked as an actor, and he was on a number of television shows, not as a series regular, but as a guest, and, and you know, did you know, nine or ten, you know, Hogan's Heroes, and, you know, four or five combats, and he always played a German. We, we A German is in the family, or Austrians in the family. Um, you know, but it wasn't enough to really, you know, make a, a livelihood out of, and, and, of course, he's a stage actor. That's what he was really looking for. When he came out to L.A., there was not much in the way of stage work to be had. Um, so, so putting or introducing his children to an agent um, to help them find uh, it wasn't really to find a career, but as a as a means to an end to help all members of the family contribute. Uh, really, I mean that's what I mean, it's a little old school, but that's you know instead of making you know or, or plowing a field or helping you know my dad farm. Uh, or raise livestock. I, you know, I'm out there, you know, going on interviews to try to get, uh, you know, a job so that some of that money can be shared with the family. And and we all had agents. I, it just for me, from the very beginning, it just worked. As a matter of fact, the very first interview I went on, I um I got the job. It was a it was a commercial for Purex, and um and then it just went, you know, just caught fire and just continued in that direction. And one of those. Um, Interviews that I went on was for this thing called the Bradley Brood, because it wasn't really they really weren't, weren't sure yet on a, or hadn't settled yet on a name for the show, and um, you know I was just lucky enough to be the right the right hair color. <laughs> really, what it comes down to is that the right <laughs> hair color it had nothing to do with talent because I really had none. Matter of fact, my mom was flabbergasted at this whole because she really thought my older brother, who's a year older, who was the outgoing, gregarious, confident one. Um, would be the one getting the work. And I don't know really what the difference was between me and him because we didn't interview in the room at the same time. But there was something about, you know, me and the shyness that I had that, that played well. But I really couldn't even speak. Again, hearkening back to now understanding my life in reverse after finding out I had ADD. It was, I had, uh, in dyslexia and ADD 
And uh, it made speech even very difficult. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I had the right hair color. Uh, they had two casts um, that they had settled on, depending upon who were going to play, uh, who they had to play the parents. They had, I think it was James Franciscus as a second choice. They were going after Gene Hackman before he did um, uh, French Connection. Uh, so no one knew him at this point, but that's who Sherwood really wanted for the father. And I think... When they couldn't get Gene, they they settled on Robert Reed. Um, but if it would have been Gene or Robert, that hair color was right for me. If it would have been James Franciscus, then they would have gone with blonde boys and dark dark haired girls. So you know, as re- reluctant as Robert Reed was in doing the show, um, in choosing to do it, he helped cement my future life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your life hangs, you know, it, my life is so ridiculously um, uh, clear on how much of this is not in your control. You just, you, you know, you, it, so many things had to go right for it to go down this path that um, I, I couldn't suggest to somebody else that the kind of success that I had, they can have too. Of course, you, I'm evidence that you can. But the chances are so remote, and there's no real there's no real part of it that that um, was because I was better than somebody. I just happened to be in the right place uh, at the right time, and then well, it know, just and it, keeps working. And, and then the show is still well, right. on the air forty seven <laughs> years later. You know, and like I said, it, it continues to go on and continues to be a staple. I've passed it on to my children. Everybody knows it. Now, when you're filming it, you know, you've asked so many questions, so many different interviews over the years, so I don't want to rehash some of the same ones, but in hindsight, looking back, do you ever just surf through the channels now and you look back and you're like, wow, this is still going strong even to this day? Well, I don't have to look at the channels to feel it. It's influences daily in my life because people um, recognize me every day. Um, what is thrilling and <laughs> very interesting is it is that um you know uh kids don't i mean but they know who you are so they know the show and that's and that's unique i mean in that now we're going at what is it the third or fourth generation of people uh, of uh, of audience watching the show but it, it does if you step back it does kind of make sense i mean there is um kids love watching kids um and we have Kind of in the same way that I remember me and my friends watching the Thunderbirds, you know, going way back to that style of children's programming. You know, we all had our favorite Thunderbird, you know, you know, which one, you know, I would want a pilot, you know, and the Brady's is sort of like that. Is there's, there's six kids to plug into. One is your favorite. And, and even if it's your favorite, it doesn't mean that you're opposed to all the others. It's just, I mean, it's just today, that's my favorite. Or maybe it is always your favorite, but everybody else is also there pulling in the same direction. And it's an example of family working together. And that can't be wrong. That can't be bad. Um, it wasn't at all like my family. Uh, so I had this interesting duality. That's beside the point. That's, that'll be in my book. <laughs> um, the, the, the Brady's is, uh, is, is representative of our idea of what family should be. And in fact, if you look at when it was produced, it was, it was out of step for its time. It was already late. I mean, it was, it was a throwback to, to the fifties family. And we're producing it right in the heart of the worst part of you know the massive Vietnam conflict and and how that was sort of like ripping at that country's soul and here's this this pristine little thing 
being produced that no one thought would be that would succeed because it was out of step with the times around it. Um, but sure was 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 um, bright enough or lucky enough to recognize his talents were in this area to tell the story the way he did that totally spoke to children and children between seven and thirteen aren't 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 dependent upon um society around them for how they are what they like and they like the same thing they're about family because that's their initial community if they have a family it looks like their family if they don't have a family it's the family they wish they had so either way it's a filter for all children growing up if they find it they get they get sucked into it and watch it and it might have been originally that our audience was from 5 to 14 or 15 and perhaps it's true that that kids today or adolescents today grow up much quicker um so maybe it doesn't work for 5 to 15 anymore but it does still work from for 5 to to 10 or 5 to uh you know 5 to 9 5 to 10 probably in there probably not even 5 to 11 um but it, it still works it still works for that period of time and then you have the parents aspect who are looking for something that they feel comfortable um, letting their children watch, and it's a staple for that, and that you can buy it on DVD for some parents. It's it's sort of a safe babysitter. So that le- that leads to this, you know, whole new generation, and the, and every generation in between uh, has has grown up with it. And it's not just an American phenomenon. It's um, it, I mean, I, think, I don't know how many languages it's been. Sixteen languages, I think it's a uh, it's broadcast in. So it's more or less a worldwide phenomenon because i guess the american family in a lot of western cultures is is um is is modeled used as a model well you know and like you said it's something that it is safe for many parents and things like that you know and i love how it always has you know a moral or something at the end now i guess in looking back at that before we move on to some other things i guess you know we recently had robbie wrist on you know who is there as cousin oliver and we asked him the same thing we're going to ask you do you have one outstanding memory from the set that to this day you know you look back on and it's just a fond memory whether that was on set off set with the cast with the crew just one of those moments that will always stick with you i i have i have a whole lot of uh of moments that'll flash depending upon where my synapses are are, are firing um most of what we experienced was that that was our envi- environment that we worked at um and there's a lot of backstory and and relationships and friendships that surrounded that environment that was our you know, school and our work environment so most of those um moments are not necessarily ones in front of the camera uh those in front of the camera that we see uh are for, you know are probably baked in because we too have watched the show and that moment really worked and I have some recognition or memory of doing that moment. I'll take one that it wasn't my favorite moment to do, but it has to become a favorite moment now in retrospect, and that is the pork chops and applesauce. Because who knew? I mean, it's just a line. Matter of fact, you know, and I've probably told this 10 million times, but the story still works, uh, that... I didn't know who Humphrey Bogart was, and this was, I'm doing a Humphrey Bogart impersonation. I'm, what, 11 years old at the time, and um, had not seen a Humphrey Bogart. Um, my family was literally, you know, middle class hanging on, you know, so we didn't really have a whole lot of um, 
discretionary income. We didn't really go to movies. I probably saw four, maybe less movies by the time I'm 10 years old. So, uh, I, you know, and though we had a television, Humphrey Bogart movies wasn't what I was watching. We had the, you know, the five channels that we would get barely received because of the rabbit ears that we had to use on the television. It was an old black and white admiral from the early 50s and the mid 50s. <laughs> so it wasn't like we really had, you know, I watched, you know, Hobo Kelly and, and Sheriff John and people come over and look at the television. What are you watching? I can't see anything on that television because we stared at it long enough. We could kind of distinguish what was on it. So though my dad was an actor, it wasn't like television. What, what my Television was a wasteland as far as he was concerned. So um, that wasn't an important part of our entertainment. So I never really saw movies. I didn't see Humphrey Bogart. I'm having to do a Humphrey Bogart impersonation. Who's Humphrey Bogart? We, we, um, whenever we were featured in uh, an episode, Sherwood Schwartz's son, who was working as initially as a dialogue coach, the person that helps you uh, run your lines, um, and then as an associate producer in the later years, uh, always took us under his wing, um, you know, a few days or the day before we began the episode that featured us so that he could help us start running our lines. And so it was him that um, helped me understand who Humphrey Bogart was through his impersonation of Humphrey Bogart. I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I still, I, there was a Humphrey Bogart, I remember there's a Humphrey Bogart movie on the night before we started shooting that episode, but it was on like a 10.30 or 11, and I never saw it. You know, I fell asleep long before that. And so I was doing an impersonation of of Humphrey Bogart when I was doing that pork chops and applesauce. It was, it was sort of nerve-wracking because I wasn't sure if I was doing it right. And here in, you know, this this line is just uttered one of many, and for whatever reason, <laughs> it's it's remembered. Not just, and it's not remembered <laughs> by one person who then who then propagates it. He, it didn't start in a as one person propagating it, but many people propagating it. Uh, people ask me to say pork chops and applesauce that haven't known that everybody in the world asked me to say pork chops and applesauce. Just to them, <laughs> it was one of the lines that they remembered. There's something, there's something base about it that uh, you know a large swath of, of the audience uh, uh, is stuck with. You know, and so then they're, they're, they they love the line. You know, and I have no idea why. But I look back on it and I go, okay, um, it was just another line. <laughs> I said it wasn't anything special. It didn't, didn't, you know, other than the doing an impersonation of an impersonation, there wasn't anything different about it. So I look back on it and I'm realizing, you know, I have this this phenomenon in my life where saying pork chops and applesauce is something that people ask me to do, and and I got to say it's totally unique because no one else in the world is asked like I am to say pork chops and applesauce. So when I when I created my company, my my uh, my production company, I called it the pork chop. It's pork chop phenomenon <laughs> so because that's my life. You know, I have I have this pork chop thing. And then as far as other you know fun moments, um, I remember whenever there was an animal on the set, um, it provided an opportunity to tease Maureen because our relationship, our dynamic was classic boy girl. You know, she's. She, uh, you know, she's sugar and spice and everything nice, and just, just a, um, a princess, you know. And so it was my job to dirty up the princess, you know. I'm, the, I'm like Tom Sawyer, and so I'm, you know, I am trying to, and and she was very easy to tease and get under the skin. So I'm constantly looking at ways to, sort of like her brother, tease her into submission. And her mom uh, wasn't able to drive 
for she had some vision issues, and we didn't live that far apart, Maureen and I. So we drove in together every day. My 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 mom and I would drive and pick up her mom and her, and then we'd take the hour to drive in with traffic, and then drive home with Maureen. So I had all this extra time with Maureen. She was like a sister, but she was like my annoying princess sister, whom I needed to bust, you know, I needed to break her balls all the time. So, uh, but just, it was, you know, probably, uh, uh, you know, the way the kids reach out to one another <laughs> when they like each other. And, um, but I, you know, she was so easy to tease that whenever there was an animal on the show, I used it against her. So, like, when the frogs were on the show, um, the jumping, the, the Calaveras jumping frogs, that pre- that presented an opportunity. It had big frogs. I mean, these things are, you know, you stretch them out and they're 12 inches long. I put them in her desk. We had these little school desks that they flipped up like old school, you know, with the inkwell. <laughs> Not that we used the inkwell, but it was still there. And the top lifted up and you had your books underneath. I put the frogs in there, you know. I couldn't stop just teasing her with the frogs. I couldn't stop teasing her prior to that when she had the braces on for the one episode to the point where her, I made her cry. I mean, I, went, I just went too far. We had one, one um, group. Um, we did it a lot. All of us ganging up on Maureen to tease her. Uh, again, because it was so much fun. I mean, we um, and there's a lot of waiting around when you're shooting, so it was a lot of us just on set and a lot of kids with kid energy needing something to do. Uh, we we uh, um, convinced her that Barry wore a glass eye, and he had I don't know a member of the family or access to a glass eye through a, a friend or uh, a member of the family <laughs> who was an ophthalmologist, and he brought it in. And um, and she's saying, no, no. She was so gullible. And so we had her put her hands out. It's a glass eye. <laughs> put her hands out, you know, and he's going to take his glass <laughs> eye out now. And he, and he pulled, he, 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 and we're all around. We're on like a little huddle. And he's doing it, and she's got her hands under his. And, of course, I don't know who was smart enough and whose hands were underneath Maureen's hands because it was clear that, you know, we all kind of anticipated that she wouldn't really hold on to it. Uh, and it would shatter so that somebody else had to catch it because Maureen's hands probably wouldn't remain where they were supposed to be. And, um, and of course, you know, the, the eye comes tumbling out, hits her hands. She, you know, splits her hands and just squeals. Just her, her Maureen squeal, little girl squeal. And, um, I don't know if it was me or Mike or one of us caught it. And it was, it was just 20 minutes trying to, to, um, regain composure from that because it was just hysterical <laughs> that was one of well, you know, and moments. i was gonna say you probably have so many different ones especially because you know they have become part of your family as well i mean you know in the 80s you had a very a very brady christmas in the 90s you had the brady's the serious tv show and you know you've made your rounds all over the place with so many different series and whatnot and you know i mean every christmas they're always playing a very brady christmas but Aside from being a Brady, of course, part of that is, you know, sitting on the couch, watching TV and home furnishings. And that brings us to your newest venture and uh, having an entire line of all kinds of things for, you know, kitchen and home furnishings and uh, you name it. I guess what shifted you into that direction? You know, I... uh... I've always been interested in in business. I've always been interested in how things worked, and that and that and, and that was that scratch was uh, not not necessarily itched with the arts that I became uh, attached to uh, and learning psychology, I guess, through acting and, and and so forth. Those things that I would have never done, and so I'm very glad that I did it. 
Um, but my natural inclination is to figure out how things work, and, and, and math and science are part of that. Um, so I had always been very interested in, in business, and when things started slowing down for me in my late 20s, and I really, yeah, I grew up with a dad who, for whom acting didn't really uh, work out as a as a swell way of raising a family, and when I was at that point thinking I really needed um, to move on to find something that was, I call it, accountable, predictable, uh, perhaps others would call it boring. Um, I, I decided that I needed to step away from the industry, which was, I thought, and it is, capricious, and, and, and went off into the high-tech arena. I had friends who were engineers that I went to high school with, and, and um, they were you know, in, the, in the aerospace industry in Southern California, but then were moving into this new thing. Because, you know, we in the early 80s, mid 80s, they had already, you know, experienced computers and they're, you know, working for, you know, uh, aerospace companies. But now all of a sudden we had PCs and they introduced me to PCs and then that helped me write for the first time and spell and keep, you know, keep, you know, a, a database of, you know, my phone numbers that I could actually deal with. Maybe because of my ADD, the computer for me was sort of like this revelation. It really freed me up to, um, um, to be productive. And that closeness to it provided me, um, or gave me this, this, this opportunity, um, through my friends to get involved in the early PC industry. I did that for 20 years. Finally, in 2003, decided um, I was going to put it aside because during that, when I decided to do that, I was an executive to, to many different companies. There was no opportunity to pursue an acting career. So I completely evaporated from the scene. Now, that doesn't mean that on, on occasion I'd get a call because somebody knew how to get in touch with me. I didn't have an agent sort of uh, plowing the field for me or, or looking for work for me because there'd be no way that I could have done it. Nonetheless, if somebody is looking to do another Brady variant, they know how to get a hold of me. So I was available, you know, on, on, on occasion to take two weeks off to do this or, you know, take a week here to do that, but not to pursue the industry. So for 20 years, I wasn't in pursuit of, of my entertainment career. But then in 2003, I was at that time even living up in Northern California because most of my work in this passage of time, though I lived in Los Angeles, was up in the Silicon Valley. Uh, you know, I could go up on Monday and come back on Thursday for a great length of it. Some of the work was down here, uh, but some of it was up there. And then uh, in 2003, I decided that uh, I'd semi-retire from the high-tech industry. But in doing so, I was giving up part of, you know, one of... One of the things I needed, which was this, 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 um, you know, business now sort of took the place of the sciences that I was originally after. And, um, though I was coming back into the entertainment industry, I didn't want to completely give up my business interests. So I, I sort of thought this time around, I want to go back into the entertainment industry, but I don't want to give up on one or the other. I want to see if I can balance both. So I, thought that maybe what I could do is take the celebrity part and utilize it in business some way. I had no idea how that was going to work. And then lo and behold, we have, you know, social media making its impact and celebrity helps with social media. The notoriety helps with anything um, that's 
uh, that's why well, I would say disintermediated. I mean, because when you're buying anything <laughs> online, you really don't know who you're buying from, right? You're not there in front of the person. So my brand is about the trust that people feel they can have in me because they feel I'm a member of their family. And so we create, I have a friend, a, a past business partner who was, who was um, specializing in technology-related sales, and in this case of furnishings, and learning how to make furniture move on the Internet uh, because it is a larger piece that doesn't move as well as a smaller piece. Um, but nonetheless, the future, the future is there for it to grow on the Internet. And so then he asked me to come on board a, as a brand, and um, and it's been a tremendous success. So it's been um, exercising my 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 business, the business half of my brain. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing too, where like you said, it comes back into business and being able to you know have that brand and where people feel at home. And you know, there's so many different items that you have there as well that people can you know add to their home. And like you said, this is security knowing that. Oh, all right. Well, I know this. It's a familiar face. It's almost like a family member. And, you know, so that's continued on. Now, I guess with all the different things in your career, you know, we could talk for hours and hours, of course, as I'm sure, you know, you've been asked and interviewed so many different times. But I guess, you know, currently what's going on with you as well? Are we going to see you, you know, on air anytime soon? Or are you just focused on the, you know, furnishings business? Or you know, what do you have going on in your pocket right now? I have a lot of different things. It's, it's very challenging right now because they're all disparate. Um, but, um, uh, you know, I am working on, on uh, it seems that um, it's sometimes lower budget stuff that does that's harder to find or has a limited distribution. Um, my brother-in-law now, who is uh, Mark Miller of Sawyer Brown, is now producing movies. And so I'm sort of in his, um, his, uh, his uh, talent pool, if you will. And uh, <laughs> he finished a film last uh uh, last year, um, I guess wrapped up actually last year, but it got finished up early this year. Um, that is, um, looking for distribution, uh, called Ivy League Farmer and, uh, produce, he's producing another film, uh, in October that again I'll be in. And, um, working on a number, of, I, I just finished a test, uh, well, I wouldn't call it a test, it's a, um, um, a project, uh, it's not the actual project, but it is the test. If it's if it's a sizzle, if you will, a taste of the project uh, that is uh, by an independent producer intended to be shopped to uh, to Netflix. Um, there's another project right now that I'm deciding on uh, a series. Same thing, uh, number of episodes that then would be shopped to Netflix or uh, or um, Prime. Uh, there's a growing number of outlets for distribution um, outside of the networks, if you will. And um, I am uh, I do a live performance, a game show performance. When I did Trivially Pursued America Plays, it opened my eyes. I always loved game shows. Uh, I've always loved games, and uh, being a host was one of the hardest things I ever had to learn because you don't know, you don't recognize from watching a game show how difficult it actually is being in that seat managing the game. Nonetheless, uh, having that confidence now, I, I do I do uh, live game shows around the country. Um, normally for a casino, uh, indie casinos and gaming home uh, gaming houses, it's called Christopher Knight's Big Cash Game Show, uh, where we uh, we do a whole lot of easy games, ultimately giving away cash and prizes, uh, which is a which is a gas. Um, I work for the Michigan Lottery, still doing their um, their lottery game show. Uh, love to do another another game show because I do I do love you know 
that. Whatever reason, I'm, <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. Um, and uh, I've got a, a couple of projects in mind that, that, that given the time, I would I would uh, try to get off the ground. But right now, the furniture effort, Christopher Knight Home, is my um, my primary focus. And it does take most of my time, so uh, I'm pretty much uh, I'm pretty much uh, dedicated to its growth at this moment. Well, you're constantly busy. So many different things going on. The furniture business, so many other areas, like you just said. I mean, so many different things. And I guess, you know, with that said, in, you know, closing up here for everybody out there who is a Christopher Knight fan, people that have grown up with you, maybe new listeners, people who have just discovered you even just now, you know, do you have any final words you'd like to say out there for all the fans tuning in? Oh, um, you know, I, I guess my, my, um, Success ultimately is what you make it, um, and I, I would hope that uh, that you're able to do something that keeps you interested and that you like doing. Um, I, I do believe that we're not always gifted with, with choosing that for ourselves. Um, so if not doing what you would aim to do if given your choice, then learn to love what it is you're doing. Find something interesting inside of it, um, because if you can't, you'll, you, you, your soul will be crushed. So uh, move on if you can't find something to love about it. Fantastic words. You know, it was our pleasure speaking with you, having you stop in, talk about a variety of different things, and, of course, wishing you the best success in, you know, Christopher Knight home furnishings and whatnot, I guess. With that, if you want to let everybody know where they can find more about the home furnishings, and, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in. Well, they can go to Christopher night uh 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 and from there they can uh they can find out where we're being sold because we'll have links to our resellers fantastic it was our pleasure having you stop in once again thank you very much thank you jonathan Yeah.
on the Mickey Mouse Club. What you say is not necessarily what you mean. Family Ties' Mark Price gives the lowdown on Michael J. Fox. The man is a giant. I bet you didn't know that, huh? He was drafted by the Lakers out of college. You'll hit the road with country music's leading lady, Reba McIntyre. My number one rule is treat people like I want to be treated. Plus, you'll be seeing double when the Mickey Mouse Club rocks you with a strung-out tune from twice. Talk about a happening week on the Mickey Mouse Club. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, D-Head, so I'm back. I hope you enjoyed Christopher Knight. Thanks for stopping in once again. You know, from the Brady Bunch, American staple, American icon, and nothing says summertime like those summertime episodes of the Brady kids visiting a variety of different places like uh, Carowinds and as well as Hawaii and, of course, Vincent Price and that cursed Tiki Idol, which I think Paige is actually wearing at this time. But with that said, we're back. We're about to wrap things up. It's lots of fun here. You know, roundtable is something we don't do too often here at the show, but it is good to be back with Beaches Bonfires here at Diz Radio. With that, we've had a fun, fun show. So I guess I don't I don't want to keep it going too long. So going down the line here, we'll start with Caitlin, then Aaron, Nathan, and Paige. I guess closing words, what would you like to say to the D-heads out there as they're starting out, out of summer and into the fall? Well, we hope you had a magical <laughs> summer, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I hope everybody has as fun a summer as we had and have as much fun with this show as we have. So uh, it's glad to be back and can't wait to get, get sharing some more Disney with all you D-heads. Yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I haven't really had my Disney outlet like I normally do by doing the show, but the break was really good to have and much needed, as you mentioned in the beginning. But, uh, but yeah, I hope everybody's having a blast listening to this and uh, we have many more to come. And thanks for letting us take a break, too. I know we all really appreciated it. Yes, state-mandated Disney break. <laughs> I work everybody to the bone. You know how, how strict I am. So, And Paige, what about you, as long as the cursed idol is not taking hold? I just want to say that I hope everybody had a great summer. And for those of you going back to school, um, good luck with this next school year. And we're glad to be back. Definitely. You know, it was a blast. I mean, it's always fun. We don't get together too often and do a roundtable, and we still are missing Randy and Jason, but, you know, it definitely is a fun, fun time, and, you know, we got to give a shout-out to those guys, too. Maybe they'll make it to the blooper reel. I don't know how, but maybe they'll make it to a blooper reel, but... It was a blast, and we got some great people lined up for the fall. We have Derek Mears, we have the voice of Tom Sawyer from the Mark Twain Riverboat. We have so many different people lined up that are coming up, including some Star Wars guests in time for The Force Awakens and so many other things. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to jump into fall and, of course, you know, our not-so-scary Halloween celebration. You guys know that is my absolute favorite time of the year to do shows, so I'm excited for that. So feels good to be back, and thanks for stopping in and... Uh, you know, I guess here we go. Let's let's uh, keep these going, and we're back in action here. So uh, with that, thanks, team, for everything as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Unforgettable summer of dinner summer. theater, where I was the summer. only actress to understand all the roles and the entire summer. season's repertoire. Summer. Summer. Well, summer. 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 Summer.
summer's here Good to be chilling out I'm off the clock, the pressure's out Now my girl's what it's all about Ready for some sunshine For my heart to take chance I'm here to stay and I'm moving on way Ready for a summer romance Education vacation And the party never has to stop We've got things to do, we'll see you soon And we're really gonna miss you all You know me from High School Musical and Halloween Town High, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back alone. I silenced up the D-team here. They're all sitting here just listening in. But it was great to be back for show number 114. And thank all of you D-heads for being so understanding, hanging in there with us, and just letting us take this summer off. For the first time, we took a summer hiatus, and it was definitely needed. I spent time with all four of my kids. As you heard, the D-team did some fantastic things this summer, lots of fun trips, and I hope you made some magical Disney summer memories as well. Without you, there would be no show and I hope you're making those summer memories as well and it feels good to be back in action all of you D heads so thank you once again for stopping in thank the D team Caitlin Nathan Aaron and Paige and next time I'm holding out Jason and Randy can join us as well now remember you can always connect up with the D team on our official website 
at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. So, all of you D-Heads, before I let you in as to what we're going to be doing here next week as we're back in action to our weekly shows, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all of the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, you can find all these links right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, we are back next week. Show number 115. We're going to hit the seven seas because we have some fun things in the horizon. So definitely stay tuned for that. And it feels great to be back. As we mentioned, it was the best summer ever. Lots of magic, lots of memories. And thank you for holding out. It feels good to be back. So until next week, for show number 115, we'll catch you online, catch you on the social media, and definitely continue to drop us those emails. It feels good to be back, D-Heads, and I cannot say that enough. It was truly the best summer ever, and I hope your summer was full of magic and memories as well. Here's to the rest of 2015, D-Heads. We are back in action. <laughs> you know what's the funniest part is if she can hear all of us just fine, but she doesn't know that this is going on. I know. She probably can't hear what we're laughing at. It sounds like she's bouncing on a little trampoline. But I was thinking of like when your wash machine gets off balance. Jonathan, even if even if you don't use a lot of this, we need this entire segment right here of us laughing uncontrollably and you need to like send us a private link to this. If she logs in and it starts doing that again, I'm probably going to die with laughter over here. <laughs> I should have recorded outside. It is so hot in this room right now from laughing. <laughs> I'm sweating coffee. <laughs> need, to, need to cue that creepy tiki music like they had in the Brady Bunch. After, remember remember that, that music that went with it? Every time they saw the tiki. <laughs> Are you good, Paige? Oh. I don't know anymore. <laughs> we don't know. Sounds like you need a peach margarita. <laughs> they are just teasing you, Paige. Don't even uh, listen to them. <laughs> we had a surprise visit by Tigger. That's what you got to roll with. Let's start a guessing game. How many viewers do we lose after this one? <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, I about died over here when you're all like. This sounds horrible, but the Asian kid. Yeah, <laughs> Asian I was holding that in. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.